Good morning. Hope everybody's doing well today on this fabulous Wednesday morning. It is hump day once again and uh, get to go walk around and uh, torment your friends and say what day is it? What day is it? What day is it? It is hump day. <laughs> so uh, the good old camel commercial. But uh, what is it? Geico, I guess it was. But I hope everybody's doing well today and you slept well. Uh, I don't know about you. I'm really struggling to get up and get awake this morning. I was trying to spend some time in prayer. Kept falling asleep and uh, really struggling today. But uh, but I hope you all are, are fine and dandy. Let's see what we got here this morning. We got Miss Amy Oaks Turner, Tracy Little, Brandy Boyd Young, Darlene Barker, Jennifer Honeycutt, Kelly Jeanette Swift. So I appreciate you all for tuning in and getting our day going in the right direction well let us at this time do our pledge of allegiance <clears throat> i pledge allegiance to the flag of the united states of america and to the republic for which it stands one nation under god indivisible with liberty and justice for all hello angel dixon but um i uh you know always do a little political rant or commentary whatever you want to call it each morning you know uh, as i've always said you know we do live in the greatest country in the world and uh if i was in a poverty stricken part of the world i would try to get here by any means necessary legal or illegal you know you can't really blame them to a certain extent but at the same time oh debbie jackson side and mike hensley but, uh, at, but at the same time, you know, we have to protect our borders. We have to protect our country. And, uh, you know, that's why we have to have legal ways for immigration, you know, because we have to be careful of those who wish to come in and destroy it. Unfortunately, we've got people in power who want to destroy this country from within. But uh, we've got terrorist uh, cells that are trying to infiltrate through the border. And, uh, you know, God's Word says you'll take care of your family you're better than anybody else. So we have to take care of our country and take and protect our citizens the best that we can our infrastructure cannot handle the overwhelming amount of individuals who are flooding our border and and coming in and with that said you know not only are we they you're the rapist drug dealers you know you got the lowest form of society coming across see trump wasn't wrong when he said that he got a lot of flag for that but he wasn't wrong and so they just overnight they busted uh, the uh, where the government's bringing busing in uh, single male illegal immigrants. Now it, was, it makes you wonder why why single males. That didn't make a lot of sense, and uh, busing them in and dropping them off, and um, that's a dangerous situation. And uh, I'm telling you right now, I'm a, I'm a pastor. I love the Lord, and I don't want to hurt nobody. But I'm telling you right now, if somebody hurts uh, one of my children or my spouse or one of my family members, uh, I'm not a bad man. I'm not a tough man. But I'm telling you right now, I'll make a Rambo look like a priest on Sunday if I get my hands off <laughs> to get my drift, you know. But uh, it's not safe, guys. And here's the, you know, here they, you know, they're allowing all these illegals to cross the border. But yet they want to harp about masks and, uh, and, and uh, this virus. But yet, they're allowing these people to come across the border, and here they've got COVID as bad or worse than other diseases, and uh, nothing said about that. It blows my mind. But again, we're, he's, he will put us in a third world war in order to save his behind 
uh, because he don't really care about Ukrainian's border because he obviously don't care about ours, but he, he wants us to do that in order to uh, uh, save his honey where he is, uh, everybody hates him. But, uh, uh, you know, in fact, I was reading an article uh, earlier where a teacher was taping a mask to a student's face. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. Uh, Abern, I told my daughter, because uh, I said, uh, you, you do not take any kind of vaccine at that school without my permission. Not that they're doing that. Don't go around, not that they're doing that. But if they ever got to that, because they did send out a thing where they were going to start testing, and I called them immediately. They said, oh, it's voluntary. And I said, well, it better be voluntary, because don't, don't put your hands on my kid. And uh, if I want to wear a mask, I'll wear one. If I don't, then they're not going to, and I don't care who likes it. Because to me, the masks are, uh, to me, are of little effect, and it's just nothing but a political move in order to take away our freedom. You know, I, I can't remember the exact quote. You know, you, uh, you can't sacrifice a little bit of uh, freedom for safety to something to that effect. And that's exactly what we're doing and allowing this totalitarian type of behavior to exist. And once one freedom is gone, it will never come back again. And that's why, guys, we're going to start standing up. And, uh, you know, I know this virus is real. I know people personally who have died from it. We've got people in our church who have died from it. I know it's real. I'm not making saying that it's not. But I think that they're using this, and you know that they're using this, to control the populace. Uh, there's no doubt about it. But, you know, uh, I was watching, uh, before I come on, they showed a police officer saving a toddler's life who got choked, and the parents were freaked out. And, was, um, you know, and uh, kudos to that uh, police officer. You know, a lot of people want to condemn our police officers, and praise God that they uh, are there to help in time of need. When I was watching that, though, and he, and he did exactly what I said. I took a uh, uh, first aid course at ETSU, a semester course, everything from um, CPR up to how to deliver a baby. Not that I ever want to do that, but it was at that time I was about going in the medical field. If you're ever caught in that situation, all right, particularly if you've got a toddler or a small child, uh, of course you always want to tilt their head, make sure, you know, if, there's a, if you can do what they call a sweeping motion, make sure that that blockage is out of there. But just like he did on there, and that's what they trained us in that as well, as a toddler or a baby, you lay their, their face in the palm of your hand, their body on your arm, and then uh, pat their back and, and try to get that dislodged. And that's what, exactly what he did. When he saw that, it made me think exactly back to that when I took that, that class at uh, ETSU. So uh, remain calm. Parents were freaked out, and rightfully so, but always remain calm and uh, try your best to, uh, if you're in that situation, to, to help whatever person is injured and needs help all right my friends let's look at uh, matthew chapter 9 verses 37 through 38 then he said to his disciples the harvest is plentiful but the laborers are few therefore pray earnestly to the lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest and as me pappy always says bless this reading the hearing up to our hearts my friends i may expound more on this this evening this may be our primary verse of discussion or verses of discussion this evening. I haven't decided completely yet, but to touch on it lightly uh, this morning, you know, there's a lot of uh, uh, help wanted signs out there. Uh, people just don't want to work anymore. Uh, in fact, there's this whole um, movement uh, where they want to quit their jobs. And these kids are doing, uh, or adults are doing, not necessarily kids, but adults. It's like a, a social media trend of I quit my job. They're just all giddy and think it's funny. And uh, what they don't understand is uh, they're hurting our society. Yeah, the government's paying them to keep their fannies at home, and that's why there's no incentive to work. See, that's where socialism comes in. It kills incentive. And, uh, you know, somebody has to carry that load somewhere. 
and people get to the point where they're sick of killing their cells because of lazy people and it's just you know it's a very nasty vicious circle uh so you know it's a bad situation where you know because what that's like yesterday we was at uh i don't really don't like eating there that motos i like your mottos better by eating tissue everybody tissue the hospital i don't like that models but it just had me closer to where we was at so we ate there and they just lives lined up and i was waiting on my food i looked in there man they were just what few people they had they were i mean running killing ourselves and uh, i made sure i gave them a good tip and uh, don't normally do that through a drive-through window but i felt so sorry for them i wanted to try to give them a little bit of a tip but that's it. What workers they do have, they uh, they kill and uh, work them to death. You may think, how's that tie into the scripture? Well, the way this ties into the scripture, you know, as as a help wanted type of situation, is as we see here, the laborers are few. You know, it's kind of a help wanted situation in evangelism. Uh, you know, it's one aspect and area of our church that we've always been pretty strong at. And of course, we are very weak in other areas, such as our children's program. And, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's really hurt. In fact, we've had people say they've left the church because of um, um, their kids liked the program better at some other church. And uh, so they left. But uh, but one area we've always been strong in is evangelism, outreach programs, whether through motorcycle ministry, youth outreach, uh, you know, whatever it may be, you know, we've always been pretty strong in that. Now, this whole COVID thing has killed us uh, because, uh, you know, uh, we used to meet at Freedom Hall once a month or every few months or whatever. See, Freedom Hall jerked the price up on us. They doubled the price. And see, that was a great area because a lot of people who lived around there who couldn't ordinarily drive to church could walk uh, right there. And so we'd have a fairly large attendance. And so because of COVID, even if we did pay their higher price, uh, they only allowed limited seating at that. You know, I don't know if it's still, they're still doing that, but at least the last few times we've talked to them, they had to have social distancing and only allowed a few hundred people. Well, that, you know, that, that hurts us. That's why we weren't able to have Easter there, Christmas there, and maybe we're hoping it'll change this year. We can get back over there. But, uh, you know, so we've always been willing to go to a lot of places that some churches are unwilling or won't go, not being disparaging towards other churches. Just the Lord call us to go to certain avenues and maybe he hasn't called these other places to go to. But, um, but that's one thing that we have to, as Christians, uh, be aware of that we, uh, God is, is, is calling us to in to evangelize, to go out into the highways and the byways and tell others about his love to demonstrate that love towards the others around you. You know, like I said, you know, you, you've heard the old cliche of you may be the only Bible some people ever read, and, and that's true. They're watching you. If they know you're saved, they know you're a Christian, they're watching you in that workplace or at school or wherever you're at. They're watching your body language. They're watching how you respond to situations, how you think. And uh, if you're losing your temper and you're getting mad or you're cussing or you're right in there with the dirty jokes or whatever it may be they're like hmm you know they may not ever say nothing but they're watching you far more closely you realize even as something as small as do you pray before you eat even in a public area now that's one thing i've never been shy to do so we always do is pray in public i remember um uh, years ago des said uh, they had a um, motorcycle event uh, i don't know if they went to sturgis or if it was in ohio i can't remember now but, um, oh, goodness, um, mine's went blank. He's gone on home to be with the Lord. Now he's come to the church. Um, I got a picture of my mom. My mom's went blank on his name. But anyway, uh, this guy, you know, he's supposed to be he's sitting there with a supposed Christian motorcycle group. 
and the guy just uh, guy had his food, sat down, started eating, and uh, Hillard, Hillard Hicks, that's who it was. Uh, Hillard looked at him and said, uh, you're not going to pray before you eat? I mean, he called him out big time, you know. But it demonstrates that, so, you know, that you know, here this is supposed to be a Christian motorcycle group that they were, uh, they were eating with. Uh, didn't realize that somebody was watching them that closely. See, you don't realize how close somebody may be watching, even something as small as having a prayer over your food. Even that is a form of evangelism. See, that's why I encourage the men's group, uh, prayer breakfast, we meet in public. I encourage the women's group to meet in public. Why? It's not because of trying to make a show, but when I'm doing a Bible study or Dad's doing a Bible study there at that prayer breakfast, all those sitting around have to listen. Uh, when we did this last prayer breakfast at Bluegills, I was watching as I was talking. And there were some guys were over to our left. I noticed they were listening. There was people over to our right. There was like a little wall petition. They were listening. Now, I could tell one woman did not like what I was saying. And she kept good looking and giving me a dirty look. In fact, they got up and left. I don't know if they even got their food or not. I know she, they got up and left. They didn't like what I was saying. You can tell they were bothered. Uh, I guess maybe that we were having a public display of, of worship. I don't know. But I could tell there's something her and her... her I don't know, husband, boyfriend, whatever they were, uh, they were an older couple. They uh, got up and left. So be it. But that's the whole point is you don't know who's sitting around and listening. So be careful in your speech and how you talk and how you react to what you do and make sure that you are making that effort to get out there and tell somebody about Jesus Christ. Now, you've got a lot of different ways you can do that. Now, at our church, I've, I've showed you all this before. For those who go to our church, you know, we have these poker chips we hand out. It's got the name of our church on one side and our website. And on the back, it gives you the um, <clears throat> ways to... Uh, uh, to be saved. It gives a Bible scripture reference on what you need to do to be saved. That's one aspect. Uh, or you can get a pack of the uh, tracks of the four spiritual laws. That's another good thing to hand out. But whatever it, avenue you use to try to lead somebody to the Lord, make sure you're making that effort because the laborers are few. So many people want to just come to church and be fed and that's it. But you don't understand, we have a responsibility not only to be fed, but to go out and feed. Does that make sense? I mean, you've got to go out and do your due diligence as a Christian as well and get out there and tell somebody about Jesus Christ. And you need to do that daily. And you need to pray, Lord, can, how can I be used? Where could you send me? Where can I be at a particular place and time that I can witness to somebody and tell somebody about Jesus Christ? How can I serve you? So easy when we're praying that I want, I need, I want, I need a kind of scenario. But are you humbling yourself and asking, Lord, how can I be used for your service? How can I be used for your glory? Are you praying that? I mean, I said, you may be. You know, I don't know. I mean, I'm not, you know, I don't, I'm sitting there looking at all those watching. You all may, everyone may pray that. I don't know. I don't know your spiritual life and, and your uh, walk with the Lord. But my encouragement is I hope that that's what you're doing and that you're looking and searching for every opportunity to tell someone about Jesus. And like I said, I know that for not everybody's as uh, uh, as loud and as boisterous as I am. You know, I can I, I know that I can uh, be obnoxious sometimes when I'm trying to joke and kid and talk to people. But uh, and again, that comes out of a lot of my awkwardness uh, socially is why I do that. But uh, uh but I've always been, you know, one easy way I've always found to segue into witnessing is uh, even my gas pump. I look over there and I say, hey, how you doing? And depending on who it is, you know, it, sometimes you see a, a woman by herself. It's kind of hard to talk to another uh, for some of the opposite sex because they're freaked out thinking you're trying to pick them up or 
kidnap them or something. So, I, it, it, you know, so I had to be kind of careful on that. But anyway, it was another guy on the other side. I said, hey, man, how you doing today? And try to strike up a conversation about the weather. And then I lead into, do you go to church anywhere? Now, a lot of times we're going to, um, hello, Terry Hudson. A lot of times they're going to say, yeah, I go to church so-and-so or I, I haven't been in a while, whatever. And then I, that's my, then my follow-up is, do you know Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and Savior? And how they react is how you need to respond. If they hesitate, then you realize you know right then they're either unsure about their salvation or they're not really giving their life over to the Lord. Uh, but I don't care if they say they're a deacon at a church or a uh, elder at a church. I still ask them, "Do you know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior?" Just because they hold a position in the church does not make them make them saved. And so I still ask them that. But you need to, you know, I know some people say, "Well, I'll lose my job." You know what? Uh, you know. Look what Jesus Christ did to sacrifice himself for you. And, I, and trust me, you're not going to lose your job. And if you do, there's whole Christian organizations out there who will fight for you uh, in case that was to ever happen. You have rights as well. Now, I ain't saying to go out there and beat people with a family Bible and, and, and try to uh, force them to be saved. All you can do is try to plant the seed. And if they say, look, I'm not interested in that, okay, you've done what you're supposed to do, go on. You know, find another opportunity. But whether you're at the Walmart or a restaurant or wherever you're at, try to find an opportunity to share Jesus with somebody. You know, that's why the, God's Word says here, he said to the disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. And like I said, I'm going to expound on this in, in far greater detail this evening, Lord willing. And uh, But I want you to have that as uh, food for thought today, to keep that in the back of your mind and to constantly be praying, Lord, how can I be used for you? How can I be selfless? All right, because we are inherently selfish people, we only want what we want, but to put others, to esteem others better than ourselves, and to put others' wants and needs above our own, and that's not easy to do. And so we need to be praying about that and asking, Lord, how can I be used for your service? Are you praying that? You know, it is we've got to uh, uh, be, work hard uh, before the Lord comes back, before Jesus raptures out of here, before we meet our demise. One way or the other, we're going to stand before God. And we need to make sure that we've made every effort to spread the gospel. We don't know who the elect are, and uh, so we've got to make every effort to get out there and tell others about Jesus Christ. And uh, we may be met with opposition. We may be met with hostility. And I have been met with both. I remember years ago when I was working uh, down here at, um, uh, shoot, what's the name of this place down here in Gray? Uh, the, um, what's the me this morning? Um, I, know, I used to be the, Sears Tele place down here. What is the name of that? Anyway, uh, call center down here in Gray. My mind's went blank on me. But City Banks, is what it's called now. But, uh, uh, but back then it was a different name. And I remember I was trying to talk to this guy about the Lord. And like I said, I would have had no intention of being a pastor. But I, but even then, I look back and I see that I had that compulsion to share Jesus. And uh, and he looked at me and said, are you trying to witness to me? And I said, yeah. And he's like, I don't want to hear it, you know. And I'm like, well, all right. So I went on, you know. He, he was a weird little guy anyway. But at least I made the effort, and, uh, and that's all you can do is make the effort. Sometimes it takes you to plant the seed, take somebody else to water it, and save somebody else to cultivate it. And uh, that's all we got, we can do. But you've got to make the effort, and you've got to get out of your comfort zone to do it. It's not is it, the devil wants you to be frightened, and makes it, he wants to make it awkward. And uh, but that's you have to overcome that, push through that. We have a responsibility to evangelize and to spread the gospel everywhere that we go. So I'm telling you, that is your challenge for today. Find someone to witness to in your day-to-day -day activities. Let us pray. 
Dear Father, Lord, we just thank you, love you, and praise you. Lord, help us every day to be as bold as lions, Lord Jesus. Help us to be unafraid to share the gospel message. Help us to work hard to share Jesus with an unbelieving world. Let us be that light in the world of darkness. Lord, for anyone watching and listening this morning that doesn't know you, let them pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose to the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, I want to lift up a special prayer for my Uncle Terry. And Lord, help them to uh, dissolve these blood clots that he's uh, dealing with in his lungs. I pray to be with my Aunt Linda. Uh, Lord, uh, with her compromised immune system, Lord, you'll protect her while she's at the hospital with him. Lord, I pray you'll be with Tony Peters, Lord. I pray you'll help him during this difficult time. Lord, please be with Ginger Hood. Uh, she's uh, not getting good results back on her test. And Lord, I pray you'll heal her and be, bring comfort to her and her husband, Troy. Lord, I pray you'll be with Larry and Donna Knight and so many others, Lord, that uh, are needing prayer, whether it's COVID or whatever it may be that you're dealing with. Be with all those watching or listening here this morning. And Lord, you know their hearts, minds, and needs. And I pray that your will be done in those situations. Lord, be with my daughter, son, and wife, and all those who are going to work and school today. That you keep them safe and well and happy. And Lord, bring them home safely. And Lord, just let us serve you well. And Lord, let us, be, let us always strive to demonstrate Jesus in our day-to-day lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, my friends, I uh, appreciate you all. Oh, I just saw this. Uh, no, it wasn't ACT. I, I'm pretty sure it's called, I think it was Sears uh, Payment System, like Amy said. It's something like it back then. I can't remember the name of it. But anyway, I uh, appreciate y'all. Watch off here. Tune in tonight at 7 o'clock. And uh, we may want to expand on this in a little more detail. And uh, so I hope you'll come back and join us this evening at 7 on this on our online-only uh, uh, service at 7 o'clock. So hope everybody has a great day today, a fantabulous day. And remember, live each day as if it were your last, because one day it will be. Thanks for watching, and God bless.